0: Welcome back to Pass the Jar, I'm so glad to be back, I enjoyed a much needed break, but I've missed you guys, I've missed talking to people, and we've got a banger of an episode to kick us off for season 2, so pull up a chair, open up a jar, pass it around, Pass the Bangers starts now. Today's guest, he is Walker County's favorite DJ. He is Brian Baker, a.k.a. Barry Bangers. Welcome, Barry. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm glad I'm getting this fired back up. Uh, COVID-19 kind of kicked my ass for a while. You
1: and me both, brother.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you like to do on weekends.
1: Man, well, you know, my name's Brian Baker, like you said. A lot of people call me Barry, uh, an adapted nickname that I got in college. Uh, you know, on the weekends, I don't really do much except work and, uh, play music, man. I just travel around playing the song of my people, usually places, you know, I'm usually on tour in like Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. Uh, I was in double Springs the other day. I just passed through there. I wouldn't really play in music, you know, but, uh, it's in between here and Florence. So yeah. it's a good travel spot. If you're just trying to get to Florence real fast,
0: where'd you grow up and everything? So,
1: uh, you know, man, I grew up on the outskirts of Jasper, in between Jasper and Cordova. Um, Cordova Cutoff Road, man. I'm out here repping uh, the midsection out there, right by Enterprise. Uh, Grew up living with my mom and dad and my brother. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of just get, like, into hunting and fishing and everything, but we didn't too much fool with that. Uh, Me and my brother played music as much as we could. Our parents were really supportive when it came to that, so... Music was a thing, man. It, yeah. It's always been my thing. It's saved my life. It's kept me alive. It's been a lifeline. If I could top and shoot it in me, dude, I would. <laughs> uh, but, you know, instead I just play it. So, yeah.
0: that's my thing. We were talking beforehand. Your brother had played with our friend Cody Lockhart. Yeah, man. So, y'all are y'all are definitely a musical family. Oh, for sure. For sure. Tell us a little bit about your musical roots. Like, what got you into it? Uh, what keeps you going?
1: Well, at the age of five... um, I got my first drum kit. So I played drums along with Cody. Uh, Cody was always, I always looked up to Cody because he's the best at playing drums, man. He's the best drummer I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, at at age five, my brother was starting, you know, I was five. He was uh, like 14, 15. He's, you know, nearly 10 years older. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to be included. Like I wanted to be in instead of play, like banging on pots and pans. My parents sunk a little bit of money and got me a drum kit and, uh, got it Christmas of 1995. And so since the age of five, man, I've just been toting this beat. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, figure out what I can do. Uh, playing drums morphed into me joining, uh, I was in the band in, in middle school, uh, gave it up to play football. Biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire life. Really, I mean, music's. Paid off way more than football I ever could imagine doing for me, but you know, uh, you know, playing music, uh, playing the drums, kind of just carried over me having that rhythm, which I don't know where it came from. Uh, my, neither one of my parents are musically inclined, yeah. so uh, luckily, me and my brother just kind of adapted to playing music. So, playing the drums goes into me getting turntables when I'm thirteen. Which turns into me DJing full time, four nights a week. You know, paying the bills with that, and I'm very, very fortunate that that's you know the hand I was dealt. I love it. That's awesome.
0: You also painted a good visual for me, thinking of little Barry sitting banging on the pot that mom was cooking spaghetti in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Damn it, Barry. Yeah, get on there.
1: Yeah, I was actually about seven years old before I didn't know that, or before
0: I found out my first name wasn't Damn it, because Damn it, Brian <laughs> was all I heard for
1: an excessive amount
0: of time. Yeah, it was wild. That, that's. The only reason I learned my name pretty quick is because it was either me or my brother constantly getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. So, I was like, hey, get off there or whatever. Yeah, uh, man. So, you DJ four nights a week. Four nights a week, man. Well, I mean,
1: when the world's not under a, a global pandemic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, four nights a week. Um and even then, dude, if I'm just locked in the if I'm locked in my basement, you know, I am still playing. I'm still trying to brush up, you know. Every day is an opportunity to get better.
0: I try to I try to tune into your Facebook lives as much as possible. Oh uh, dude, thank you. Uh if since this is probably it's gonna be July when you're listening to this, we're gonna um just give you a heads up. Brian has been playing Facebook Lives outside of the bar scenes, which as most musicians have been. Oh yeah. Uh the pandemic has sucked for all of us, uh, but tell us a little bit about how it's affected you.
1: Well, man, personally, it sucked because both of my parents are uh, are in the uh, in the range to where they're most susceptible to fall victim to COVID nineteen. So I shut down, man. Uh, March the fourteenth, I played my last gig at Tin Roof for the St Patrick's Day party, and after that, everything came to a screeching halt. I at the house. Uh, I didn't leave my house for 80 something days man but during those 80 days I took uh, I took as much opportunity as I could to beef up my library get new songs learn new transitions uh, stream live on Facebook you know I was going I was doing Saturday night Saturday night fever which was huge man I, I think I was gaining upwards of like 50 people watching a night which is huge on a live stream yeah. Um and that was a blessing, dude. That was something that really kept me motivated and kept me on the grind, you know, play music because that's dude, that's what I do. Uh, but yeah, everything came to a screeching halt. It was good, uh, like I said, dude. Six months, four nights a week, going nonstop, going to Tuscaloosa every Thursday, Birmingham every Friday and Saturday, uh, either playing at uh, Galette's in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday or the local local watering hole here in Jasper on Wednesday. Yeah, no free ads. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, man, it, it sucked. It, it sucked not having that that feeling of being on stage in front of people because that vibe is unmatchable. Like that feeling is unlike anything that you can like. You can't go out and buy drugs and feel that good, dude. Yeah, and uh, it sucked. But for the betterment of the world, for for the sake of my parents, uh, I let music in a good time take a backseat to safety. So that's kind of what went on, man. Eighty days of.
0: Of uh, Bush Heavy and Call of Duty. Yeah, you can't beat that. It kind of it replaces the surge, but takes you back to the old the, the old days where you just chill and play video games nonstop. I felt thirteen. Yeah, it was Well, <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen plus eight since you're drinking Bush Heavies. Unless you're drinking Bush Heavies when you were thirteen. Oh no no yeah. no no, 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 <laughs> no! I didn't
1: start drinking until I was about eighteen, and it's been full throttle ever since. Yeah, Maybe wide open.
0: I know. I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, pre-WrestleMania facebook live session oh dude thank you i was so stoked for that yeah man uh, we're obviously wrestling fans huge i don't i don't hide shame about it because i've watched it all my life right you know, if i just started watching i'm like oh yeah that's kind of weird but nah dude all my life yeah dude for sure so, uh when you uh dj tell us a little bit about the art behind it some people think you're just up there just mixing tracks but what goes into the thought process of Combining the tracks, getting the flows of the beats to where nothing sounds out of place? Oh, man, that's a great question. So, uh, everything has to come from some sort of motivation, right? So,
1: uh, I'm pretty much fueled by old school shit because, I I mean, I, a product of the 90s, I grew up on, when I, was a, when I was a young man, there was a lot of corn, there was a lot of Limp Biscuit. there was a lot of Kid Rock, and I know that's really uh, that's really weird to think about now, but like, you know, dude you got to have a wide range in order to have a a unique sound. And my unique sound is kind of what's put me in this position. So, I mean, anything from like Wu Tang to, to, uh, to Biggie, Tupac, you know, all of that old school hip hop that you like to hear. That's been kind of my motivation. And I was out, you know, out getting my golden brown berry mode on today. (laughs) Nothing but 90s music. Yeah. And so what it comes down to, man, is I like to mix everything by the beat. And, there's a, I feel like there's a certain rhythm that kind of keeps the world spinning, and so I just kind of take that vibe, man, and just mix tracks together. And I like to, I like them to, to of course by beat, but you know you can blend things by sound. And so I like to take just an audio representation of what I'm doing to try to make it like move people. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's 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 difficult. I didn't learn how to do it overnight, uh, but. It's been something that I've, you know, steady been working at since I was 13. Uh, so for the last 17 years, man, I've been out here
0: spinning records. So you think you're uh, like you're learning the drums at an early age and how things should flow together. Do you feel like starting that at such an early age is what helped you progress into being able to do this? 110%. So sure. what's, what's the th- thought process behind a gig, especially if it's like a themed gig?
1: Um. Well, man. Uh, so I love doing. Uh, you were at Tallulah, uh, Tallulah for the '90s. Night. Yeah. I love doing '90s parties because that's I know a lot of '90s music because yeah. that's what I'm a product of. Uh. But man, it's it's a lot like telling jokes, dude. It's it's a lot like speaking publicly. Anytime you've got that public, you know, platform where you're out here expressing yourself, doing your art, you got to read the room. Yeah. So if I come in here and there's a bunch of middle-aged white folks, I can't come in here and start playing, you know, little baby and stuff because yeah. everybody's going to get up and leave. So, uh, and that's actually, dude, when I started playing, I can remember playing in bars, uh, and there being like 12, 15 people there the whole night playing, everybody pay $5 at the door and I'm leaving with like 40 bucks after I have to pay a tab. Uh, it, it it's just, a it, you really got to read the room. You got to feel the vibe. And I've, real big off feeding off everybody's energy and that's dude the live streams were very very difficult because it's just me and a Dell Jr. cutout and a John mm-hmm. Rich cutout in my basement and I'm just like what am I supposed to do so and there was for a while man I wasn't really like reading the chat like I didn't have the chat set up because I, I can see people saying this doing this and it gets in my head and I just, you know, start spiraling out of control. So, like I said, dude, it's all about reading the room. Yeah. The vibe. You off know, everybody's energy, it's, you know, you got to set the tone somehow. So.
0: I, f- I, mean, I feel the same way. Like when, uh, like when I did the past the quarantine episodes, I'm sitting here talking with myself. Like, it's just me. It's so much harder to do things that require that are like an art without somebody there with you. Yeah. Unless you were just like this creative genius. And because I'm not. I don't translate my thoughts into words very well, right? I can think like philosophically, but I cannot translate it out of my mouth. I can write it, but when you know when it's come to this, you don't want it scripted. So, like, right? When you're performing, is is everything pre like pre scripted? Like what songs you're going to go through? I like to uh, I like to
1: kind of have an idea. Like usually, of course, with me living in Jasper and driving to Birmingham or Tuscaloosa, or if I'm playing in Florence or Huntsville, wherever. I usually have time to uh, to kind of prep. Like I'll get, just listen to the radio on the way. And a lot of times it's dead silence on the way to gigs, you know, kind of getting my my mind right. But uh, I like to kind of know where I'm going to start. It just depends on how I feel, man. Yeah. It depends on what the vibe is when I get there. Um, And a lot of my segues and transitions, you know, you'll hear a lot of the same stuff. But it's like, that's my thing. Like yeah. I've been working on these transitions for years. And if they work, if it ain't broke, don't break it. So I'm not gonna switch it up. Yeah. Uh, unless I have to. Now, being at ten Roof every Friday and Saturday, if you come see me every Friday and Saturday and you come up and you're like, Man, you sound like you're playing the same shit, you know, that's gonna get in my head I'm like, all right then, then I got you. We'll yeah. listen to this. <laughs> and so Yeah, man, there's not not a I, I like I like how it's kind of a free thought thing when I go in there and play. And I if I think too much into it, like I'll get in my head, like I said, with those live streams. Throw myself off. Um, uh, it's just really how I'm feeling, man.
0: You know. The room for everything, no matter what art and what style of music it is, like, you're playing to that crowd, and if the crowd doesn't give a shit, it's kind of hard for you to give a shit. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, when you're heading to a gig, obviously you said you like to clear your head. Yeah. Are you thinking, do you, like, think about what the crowd's going to be like, it, like a hopeful sense, or you sometimes, like, a realist, like, this might kind of suck tonight? Yeah, dude. Uh, there's been a couple places that
1: I've played around town. we not like I said, no free ads. Um, uh, but it, it's you can't go into it with that mindset. You've yeah. got to know that uh, you you can't you can't pander to anybody's bullshit when you go in because you like they're paying me to be there. Anymore, when you book Barry Bangers to come and play at your bar, you know what you're paying for. You yeah. know what you're gonna get, and I'll be damned if I change up for anybody. I'm not a sellout. Yeah. You know? Uh, but if if I ever go into a gig and I've got the mindset to where I'm just like, oh, this is gonna suck, you know? It's like it's gonna be a bad night. Yeah. So I try to go in always on the up and up, just so I can. I mean, I'm getting paid to be there, so I don't want somebody to feel like they're wasting money on me being there and me coming and give them a shit product. It's like anything you do, man. You want to be the best at what you do.
0: When I was when I was taking some uh classes to get heavier into the music business, when that's was what I was doing in college, uh, they always talked about how. An artist may show up and the crowd may be shit, but all it takes is one good song, one good text mm-hmm. or a phone call. And you know, the next thing you know, you got people piling in. Have you ever seen a crowd go from like two to like 50? Yeah, man. Uh, it happens.
1: Uh, and social media has really been like a rocket ship for that because yeah. you got four or five people out there dancing their ass off and they put it on Snapchat or they put it on Instagram and they tag me. Everybody's like, oh, there's a dude with the beard playing music tonight. <laughs> We should probably step out. And so, I mean, but I've worked my ass off for that, for people to see me and be like, all right,
0: we're going to go. We're going yeah. to do this. I could tell at Tallulah, which that's the only time I've actually gotten to see you live because I'm an old man and Fridays and Saturdays, I'm just chilling uh, these days. I feel you. Do. but uh, So you had Tallulah jumping. How many, did you look out in the crowd and be like, oh, I know this person and this person and this person. Do you, is that the kind of things you focus on sometimes? Like uh, the crowd's faces?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's all
1: about if when I start seeing a, that pe- the, the the people, the group of people look like a sea of people and I can see waves and everybody jumping. That's when I know I'm hitting it. So, and I mean, I was looking out there and surprisingly, man, me being at Tallulah for me to be born and raised here, a lot of faces I didn't know. A lot of people I didn't recognize. No. But the one thing I did recognize is everybody
0: was feeling it. So that was awesome. That's what uh, I love that whole party. And I even had people that. I know they don't go to old sixty four, right? But they can't. Like I used to work with one at Trinity over in Birmingham. I know for a fact she lived in Birmingham. I was like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Oh, I just heard this party was going." I was like, "Dope." I was yeah. like, "All right, well, <laughs> join the party." Yeah. But uh, so, have you ever this since you're my first ever like non-string band, full band you ever had somebody come up and be like Freebird or Wagon Wheel?
1: Yeah, I mean, usually when they uh, ask for a free bird, I tell them I got two
0: of them for them. Yeah, and
1: that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, man, I used to get a lot of wagon wheel down at the old Water and Hole, and I just had to tell people it's like, look, man, you got bands that come through every weekend, and they're gonna play wagon wheel for you. I'm giving you something different. Embrace it, or I'll I'll give you your money back that you paid cover, and you can go elsewhere. Because man, wagon wheel's great, but it's played out. And uh, even if I had a a dope remix to it. I still wouldn't play it just because it's so
0: cliche or, or
1: Freebird like that, man. Nah.
0: You can I, start trolling people and use like the beginning of Freebird as like a transition into another song where they think you're going to start playing yeah. it but you just troll them and you're like, oh no, I'm playing this song. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I,
1: I've dropped Wagon Wheel" from the ceiling before and everybody's like, ah, and it's probably one of the worst nights I've ever played. But, man, like I said, I don't like to
0: pander too much to people's bullshit. Uh, pandering, especially in today's political climate, I try not to get too political on here but pandering is a cancer, dude. Just yeah, so bad. Uh, so bad. The people on TV pander. So yeah, man. I, I pray to God our artists never pander. Not, uh, no sellout zone over this way, brother. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what you hope to do in the future post COVID nineteen when you really get flowing back.
1: Well, man, there's been there was a lot of momentum. Uh, we we came in a 2020. Me and uh, my buddy Chuck. That, that does a lot of stuff with me and uh devon browder had been helping me out a good bit he's owns browder reliable detail now they do great work i'll give him a plug free plug. yeah he gets a free act. <laughs> he's my boy uh but man we were really rolling into this with a lot of momentum you know i was doing uh i did foothills festival blew it out i look over john popper from blue strollers over there like dude great job i'm like what <laughs> And then turns around, we turn around uh in in January and I'm playing consistently four nights a week raking in money doing great feeling good loving the vibe do the Tallulah party in March uh, James Phillips puts me on the cover of 78 magazine I do a photo shoot I've never done a photo shoot before uh, that took a minimum of six beers to get comfortable for <laughs> um, and dude just you know I- I'm trying to come out of quarantine that's why the live streams have been. Like my lifeline. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try to take that momentum and build. And when we come out of quarantine, just hit it hard. I've got um, J- July 17th. I'm hoping that everything's a little bit back towards normalcy. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to return to Tuscaloosa and do Innisfree down there. Um, because I've been working with them consistently for the last two years. And yeah. uh, those are my that was my every Thursday night. But we missed St. Patrick's Day there this year. And last year there was uh, close to 1,000 people. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to build, man. I'm just going to try to build and keep blowing it up. Um, it, it's good to set goals. I try to set goals and be optimistic, kind of self manifest everything that comes into this, but, um, just going to see, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows, who knows what post? who knows when post COVID is going to be, uh, hopefully sooner than later, but just try to build, man. Just try to keep getting better. Uh, just keep trying to put a smile on people's face, keep trying to, you know, make people dance, make people
0: vibe. That's what I'm, that's what I'm in the business for. I think, I think by July, I think things will kind of be opening up a little more just because everybody's, I guess everybody's so freaking tired of it. Yeah, man. And, uh, for everybody's safety, I hope it, it, it's smart when we reopen. Right. But I, the thing I, with musicians, the way I've thought about everything, because I'm always like trying to learn as much about the music business as possible, even though I have nothing to do with it anymore. But right. when, uh, When COVID-19 hit and all the bars shut down and everything else, I said, you know, there was a lot of good musicians that were starting to hit that rise, Right. and I feel like after this is over, this isn't going to be like a stop and restart, I feel like it's going to be like a pause button, because people are going to remember where you were at this point where we had to stop, Right. but it's more like a pause, so when we come back, it's going to be, okay, Barry Bangers is down here tonight. And then you still got a packed house. It's not gonna be like, oh, they forgot who I am. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. And I've I've already um, started back playing twice a week, but I'm not doing late nights right now. I'm doing uh, open air atmosphere only. Yeah. uh, Patio parties, and I'm doing like early afternoon sets, and that's cool, just to you know, because I I want to be safe. I don't want to put anybody at risk to come out and have a good time because that can lead to a very 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 bad time. And that's not what I'm about. So, uh, yeah, man, just got to be safe right now.
0: It's it's the smart thing to do. Yeah. Like at work, we're having to change our protocols as far as PPE and everything goes. Mm-hmm. But and that's I feel like that's gonna it's how it's gonna be until. Here's my thing. I feel like it's gonna be until the media tells us. Yeah. It's, it's over, right? Until the WHO or. CDC whoever the hell else they're like oh everything can go back to normal until somebody gets a, a clue man like yeah. nobody
1: has a clue like people don't have a clue like,
0: what's going on right now
1: like one one week they're saying this and the next week they're like oh you know no wait do this you know it's if you're asymptomatic you can it, it can you can't transmit it to other people it's like how about you guys just shut up and yeah. just figure out what's going on what man. what load of bullshit
0: are we going to get on Thursday? Exactly dude that's that's my problem with it too is it's been so inconsistent. That's why I kind of feel like people are slowly getting over it, and they're like, we're just going to resume our lives and our businesses because we all have friends that have small businesses, especially here in Jasper. Yeah, man. You're like, I know this has killed them, and you want them to be able to stay open because we need places to go. Yeah, dude. Without having about. to drive back to Birmingham where the money really is. No doubt. These people are our neighbors, are our friends, so I want to do everything I can to keep them open. Yeah, so, Especially like with you, like I have a bunch of friends that are musicians. I, ho- I want y'all to make bank. Yeah, dude, it was a tough,
1: you know, uh, March, March fourteenth till about May second. There was, a, you know, that was nearly two months just a month and a half or so and sitting no income. So luckily, I had a little nest egg that I could survive <laughs> on. And uh, shout out the PUA, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. They came through with a little back pay. And then I got my Trump check. So your boy was set back right, but I mean, yeah, money's great, but nothing matches being like out in the public working and having
0: fun and, and being on the stage, you know. That yeah. that's it for me. That's that's the way the way I felt through all this was I loved being at home. I love getting to go fishing whenever I wanted to. Right. But I miss like conversations with other people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, especially since I started doing this, I was like, I'm just not learning how to listen to people Mm -hmm. because I've always been so ADHD. (laughs) I was like, I'm learning how to listen and carry on a conversation. And then I was like, I miss my work friends because like I told Cody, there's nights where we won't say a word to each other, but there's nights we'll talk. Yeah. And I'm hanging out with my wife. I love my wife. We had, we loved getting to spend time together, but it was like, I need that. Like cabin fever is real, bro. That's why, bro, I would go fishing at the lake. At the Mm. dam like i just fished off the bank for a while and i would leave when the big old trucks come flying in with their lifted tahos and yeah you know that kind of stuff i'm not i'm not there for that yeah me either and by no means but that's how the like quarantine has affected us but as a musician i i can only imagine like the stifling feel yeah it's it's
1: a release you know uh, getting get to play music, getting to express yourself artistically as a release. Yeah. And it's, it's been something that's, it's really made, I feel, dude, I feel like it's made me a better person. I, I feel like it's, it's put me back on track to be somewhere at work. I mean, cause yeah, going to the bar and having fun is great, but getting to go to the bar and getting paid to be there and getting to set the vibe and, and be in control of the atmosphere. Yeah, that's a different, that's a different feeling. It's great, dude. You have the whole world in your hands for three or four hours. Yeah, man. I love that. I mean, not from like a weird, sadistic you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, point of view. It's, it's it's just nice to, you know, damn it. I know what it's like to go out and not have a good time. And if you come out to where I'm playing and you have a bad time,
0: I'm not. I'm doing I'm failing. You, you have this, this, this positive personality about you, especially when the times I've seen you on stage. Mm. And Thank I you, feel like that you take somebody out of a shitty place, especially if they're having a shitty day. They're my goal, like, dude. I may be coming here to get blasted and forget about my day, but then you're like, okay, well, let me turn you all the way up. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's
1: that's what it is, because, I mean, I know what music is to me. And like I said, it's been a lifeline. It saved my life and on multiple occasions. Uh, it got me out of some dark places. Um, But, you know, even with all the shitty things going on in the world, if I can play music and somebody get a positive feel from it or a positive vibe, then I've done my job. That's that's
0: all. It's an escape. It's an it's an escape for everybody. You hear like anybody with a platform say, "If I reach one person, if I make one person's day better, then I'm so I like I did my job." That's real. That's as real as it gets. So when you get these people up here, <clears throat> where they're not there to play to the crowd, they're kind of there to get themselves out of a release. You feel like that's existent in the music industry, and how would it affect you? Like if you had to. Like, I'm having a shitty day. I'm going to play music. It's going to make my ass feel better. But screw everybody else right now.
1: Yeah, man. Well, it's, it, it's it's uh it's, you know how Jackie Moon's like, everybody love everybody. And yeah. then, you know, uh, everybody having positive vibes. That's what it's about, man. And so, like, I know for a fact that when I step on stage, there, I'm not going to have a bad time. Like, I'm not going to have a bad day. And if my day's been shit, it's about to get increasingly better. And so, like, if people get that kind of vibe when they're in the crowd when I'm playing, dude, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. and and so I, that's that's what it is, dude. It's 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 uplifting. I, I want to take my, I'm, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I want to change the world with my music, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, if I could, that'd be tight. Uh, but like I like you said, if if you reach one person and you make something more positive for one person, then you've had a successful night.
0: Have you ever thought about if that one person that I have a positive effect on is myself? Has that ever crossed your mind? How? How so? Like saying, "I'm going to play the show. I've had a bad day, but if that one person I reach through tonight is myself, how would you feel about that?"
1: Uh oh, I mean, it is every night. I mean, because yeah. you know, knocking on thirty here, dude. When I roll out of bed every day, I'm like, "Oh, this sucks. This hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts," and then I'm just like, "All right, well, I get to play music, so that's what I look forward to, man." Yeah. And I've been itching to get back on stage, but I've got to do it in a safe manner. You know, I can't put myself, my parents, uh, who I help, you know, take care of or whatever, and and the people coming to see me play. Like, I'm not going to put people at risk. And so, and I know there's been a lot of people reach out that have really missed it. But
0: Good thing is we're reaching an Alabama summer. So if you keep playing your midday shows, I think you're solid as far as germ spreading because it's going to be so hot and humid. Yeah, dude, so hot. So you're playing outside, like, you play at 10 Roof Patio? Yeah, they, they just recently, this is, uh,
1: this will be my third week back, and uh, we're doing one to four right now, and, you know, it, it's a good opportunity for people to, I'm not out there, you know, put your hands up, you know, all that shit, it's yeah. like, I'm out there setting the tone, setting the vibe, reading the room. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's a, a good, relaxing afternoon, everybody come through, eat, get a Bloody Mary, get some drinks, have some drinks uh enjoy the afternoon safely and responsibly and uh it's been great it's just been great to get back man just seeing the people that i work with even you know i miss those guys uh those guys and gals and so doing it safe man
0: playing it safe doing the right thing that's all we can do right now so let's speak futuristically like everything is back to normal what do you see the music scene in marker county as like do you, how, how have you seen it before COVID nineteen? How do you see it after? Trash. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <man>.
1: <laughs> it's great, man. There's a lot of great musicians
0: uh, that have that have come from here
1: that that do great things. Like my brother Josh Butler, uh, with uh, he's got Deep South Barbecue. Yeah, free plug. That's my guy. Uh, Butler and them came back into everything kind of full swing. He's like, hey man, fuck it, you know, we're yeah. gonna do it. Uh, and they're but they're great, dude. Him and Gary Edmonds, uh, seeing them play. The, the the main problem here in Jasper is we don't have very many venues. Um, uh, I love what Mason and them do at uh, Twisted because they've implemented a lot of acts. It's like people, I'm like, who are these guys? And I go here and play. I'm like, oh, these guys are great. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a new flavor. Um, it's been. Everything kind of got stagnant there for a while. Every every time you went out, you'd see the same bands in rotation. You'd hear the same thirty to forty-five songs every night. Yep. And it got to the point. It's like that's why the bar scene's dead in Jasper. That's why there's no bars here because you can only go out and see the same bands, hear the same songs so many times where it's just like I right, I'm over it. Uh, but I mean, I am I, I don't want to be pessimistic. I, I try to be an optimist in every situation that we're in. Um. But. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a change. There's there's gotta be a change, just like in everything, you know. With all the social issues we see nowadays, with all the political issues we see nowadays, it, it, everything's got to trickle down. Uh, and so, in with the music scene where I come from, dude, we've got to push to do something different because not everybody wants to hear wagon well. Uh Not everybody wants to hear Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, uh, great bands so I mean, I'm, they're dope. So, so I'm live, man. They're yeah. good. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's just. Music can only go as far as you push it. You got to have a platform. You got to have somewhere to take and project your sound.
0: And we don't really have a lot of options here no. in, in good old Walker County. And we even yeah. lost one during the uh, during the pandemic, the local. RIP, dude, yeah. yeah. I loved uh, Scott and Sharon. Scott and Sharon
1: are good people. They yeah. live right up
0: the road for me, man.
1: Um, and I, I never got the opportunity to play there just because. And, and I sat with Scott and Sharon and talked. And I told him I was like, I would love to come through and play. And. You know, I mean, I wasn't trying to look, I would love to come help you guys out. It's like, I just would love the opportunity to come through and have a different, I mean, it's a different place. Yeah. Different people. That's, that's me getting to reach out to a whole nother demographic of people that never get to see me play. Um, but, uh, dude, their ribeye was
0: phenomenal. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. I'm sure. I love them. They, uh, they gave Fall City, the band I work with, uh, a platform.
1: Right.
0: between them and Mason, I was like super thankful for them. Yeah, dude. But uh, I agree, we need, we definitely need more venues because we pretty much have Twisted in the Special. That's about it, isn't it? No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but man. that's about all we have. We have two mu- two solid music venues in Jasper. Yeah, and uh, it's Tallulah when they dude. when they do open.
1: I I love Tallulah. I love playing there, uh, just because Josh and uh, and Drew and Kevin. I I was down there. I went and watched the UFC fight down there Saturday. And uh, they've always been really good uh, to me, and I love working with them because I remember when before they built the stage out, before they built the patio and everything, before they built that stage, Josh drove me in. and He was like, hey, man, what do you think we could do? I was like, well, you go to Avondale. You go to uh, the places in Huntsville, Rocket City, uh, Campus 5 all those like the Huntsville breweries. Yeah, everybody's doing outside stuff, and so they've capitalized on the whole outside vibe. Like them, what they do after the foothills festival every year is awesome. Like I love it. And yeah. uh, I'm thankful that they they on their big nights they call it, like after the headliners get done, I get to play there. Like I love that, dude. I live for that. Um, but they've kind of adapted, uh, tried to progress and uh, like Mason doing the open mic night down there. Even him carrying it over to hosting a huge Zoom and everybody doing the open mic night on Zoom, that was incredible. And so, and it sucked because I was, uh, Tender Roof actually worked with me and I would live stream for them on Thursday nights and that's the same night they would do open mic. I was like, damn it, I don't want to kind of take away from y'all, but it's a whole different, the people that hear Barry Bangers play and the people that hear, that do the open mic, it's a whole different demographic. Yeah. So there's a split. I didn't, but no, dude, we we got to do something, man. Uh, we got to do something because music
0: in this city is dying. So if you have money and you're hearing this, Jasper needs a music venue. Yeah, a yeah. big, nice music venue. Wings and cheese sticks only as your food too. Please, yeah. Maybe a pretzel. Yeah, do. I'm oh, a man. good pretzel guy. I want uh, to drink yeah. beer? Give me the mustard. <laughs> uh, so we'll transition out of music. What a lot of people don't know about you, if they don't follow you on social media or anything, is you're a you're a freelance writer.
1: Yeah, man. That's what I do, uh, aside
0: from play music. People,
1: what people on. are blown away when they hear that I can like do something other than press buttons on a laptop. It's crazy.
0: Well you're still pressing buttons on a laptop, but more in of a a provocative thought fashion.
1: Yeah, man. I mean I'm still out here trying to artistically express myself.
0: So where uh what's your what's your background in that to where like you learned how to turn that into an art as well?
1: Uh so two thousand and ten I moved to Florence, Alabama, and attended the University of North Alabama. Um, I graduated with a BS in Communications and did a lot of media work. I was uh, I worked for the the Florala at UNA. Yeah. I worked for the school newspaper. I was one of the writers there. I worked at another different private publication where they offered me the head editor position, and uh, that was a lot of fun because I had a lot of like input on, on how things were done and how we did it. Uh, and then I worked for the Franklin County Times in Russellville, uh, interned there uh, during college to, to as my internship to graduate, and then stayed working through the summer. But man, uh, working for commercial media like that is just not my thing because I, you know, a free thought guy, like I said, and really opinionated, and when you have the media telling you what you can and can't do, they're not a big fan of that. So, I, you know, I, I, I did that for a while, and uh, during quarantine, during during the COVID quarantine, I started started blogging. I opened the Berry Bangers blog up. Uh, just, it didn't really, try. I don't like to get too political. I don't like to, uh, I mean, because I'm not a very political person. I do, I mean, I vote, I do this, I do that, but I could give a shit about about politics, man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, just writing, man, just another, another, another avenue to kind of express myself creatively and give people an escape to read what I write. Uh, just if you're reading what I'm writing, hopefully it's taken away from you thinking about how
0: many people are dying from COVID, you know, just, just another avenue. You are also in like mainstream media, I guess for a while. Do you feel that these days where that the writers like you, are more suppressed in their free thoughts and are pretty much being told what to say.
1: At the end of the day, dude, people in the media have a job. And if you don't do your job the way you're told to do it, you're not going to get paid. So no sellout zone like I've been hitting on the whole interview this way. And it's tough to really, uh, it's just tough to have somebody tell you what to do like that. Especially with me being so opinionated. So, yeah, I feel like those people are are being, you know, I I feel like they're having their, it's like, yeah, we have the freedom of speech, but it's being stripped from you when you're having people pay you to tell you what to do. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a job for those people. And it sucks because they're under such scrutiny, especially with all the fake news talk going around nowadays. (laughs) It's like, dude, what is fake news? Because we're getting these Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal or whatever, and WHO, CDC telling us about COVID, and they're going back, they're backtracking, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Nobody knows. Yeah. So it's tough to report on that, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's really tough to be involved in that.
0: God bless those people. It's hard to spit facts about things you don't know the facts on. Exactly. And then when your facts
1: kind of uh, go against the grain with the people that are paying you to, to write about it, it, it gets muddy. Everything gets real muddy. So tough, man. It's tough.
0: So, when you, uh, when you left the writing job, what did you decide to do? I mean, I'd been playing music
1: the whole time. I played music all through college. I was DJing fraternity parties. I was DJing at bars. Uh, and it got to the point where everybody was entertained. It was like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. Because when I worked for the newspaper in Franklin County, the highlight of everybody's day was to come in and kind of bitch about their home life. I was like, man if I don't do something different in the next 10 years, I'm going to be that guy coming in and the highlight of my day is going to be bitching about my home life. I'm not that guy dude. So I got out of that really quick and it's cool the way the internet's set up now, because you have out, you have like, I bought, I bought a domain and I paid for Wix and I can just come in and write what I want to. And I mean, I'm not going to piss myself off writing something. Yeah. So I'm going my long way with that. Uh, and it's, it's awesome. Have you by? How by call you fake news yet? Yeah, dude, I had a guy, in, <laughs> and and uh, you know when you, especially in the demographic that we're in here, if you're not talking about something, that, if you're not talking about something that goes along with somebody's political agenda, you're fake news. you it's liberal propaganda, even when you're stating facts. Yeah, even when you're fact checking everything you're doing. And you can fact-check what I'm doing, and it's saying that, yeah, this is right, but it's liberal propaganda because it goes against the grain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm not with that. It's the political climate. I guess I'm going to change the climate of the podcast this season because so much shit is going on in our world. Yeah, dude. It's on fire. uh, You see left side calling right side fake news. You see right side calling left side fake news. Then you have some of us that are in the middle that's like, you're both full of shit. Yeah, dude, no (laughs) doubt. When you write your blogs, you're obviously not trying to pander to a political side. You're just saying what you've looked up, what you've researched. Yeah, man. And what you wanna say. Because Facts. that's your first amendment,
1: right? Exactly. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh man, they're gonna take our guns away, we're gonna do this. It's like first of all, the first amendment is just as important as the second amendment. Yeah. The most beautiful thing about living in the United States is we have the right to free speech. And with everything going the way it is man and you can't say this and you can't do that it's like hold up man we have the right to free speech like yeah. that's the first thing and and that we can like, that's our thing when they went back and amended the constitution that's the that's what we do first and foremost secondly we can protect ourselves, with guns and overthrow a tyrannical government but that's
0: a whole nother podcast yeah. <laughs> we may have you on and we'll just discuss politics one day but no dude i don't want to kill you kill your listeners (laughs) you're good everybody knows that i don't dabble like i i don't you know get too political right but Same, same with with the political climate and how everything is going it's an opportunity for some to try to strip away our first amendment rights and it's like we were talking about earlier I have friends in every single demographic that there is today. Right. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but at the same time, you're not going to tell me what I can and can't say. If I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. 100%. And I'm going to probably feel bad about it later down the line. Yeah, man. But at the same time, I'm going to say what I feel, hence why I started a podcast. Right, dude. And
1: this is a wonderful thing. This is your platform to go out and speak. So, I mean, if you if you feel it, feel it, dude. Yeah. Run with it. Uh, but, I mean left wing, right wing, they're both attached to the same bird. Yeah. And the biggest thing going on in America right now is we've got the left fighting with the right, the right fighting with the left. When What they should really be doing is come together, find a middle ground and help the fucking people. Yeah. But here we are, dude. its We're having riots about racial equality in 2020 when they were doing this in the 90s and the 50s and the 60s. It's like, yeah. it's time to get with it. It's time to make a change. Things have to progress or else we're... My favorite quote, dude. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. So
0: we got to move forward, man. I'm I'm tired of the older generation fighting with the younger generation, and those of us that are kind of in the middle right now. Yeah, man. We're like, okay, everybody just needs to get along. Everybody love everybody, Jack. It's man. not that hard. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Back to your freelance writing and blog. Do you have any? Targets you want to hit with that,
1: uh, man, it's a lot like my music. I just want it to, to be entertaining. Like I, I don't want, I, like I don't want to get political because every time you turn on, even watching sports, even watching yeah. Sports Center, everything's been taken over by political. And uh, vote, get out, vote, make your voice heard, do the right thing. But damn it, I watch sports as an escape, yeah. and I don't. And like I, I play music as an escape. I don't want it to overlap, and everything just.
0: It sucks. The one <laughs> I love watching Sports Center and stuff, getting caught up on like whatever happened that day that I missed. But I don't like watching it and seeing political agendas being pushed nonstop. Right. And I feel like ESPN has gone like way over that ledge. Like they've just gone full tilt into the ocean of po- for sure politics. And that's why I like golf. I love watching golf because you don't see it getting too political. Right. You don't see the players have their own minds and what they say, but at the same it. time, you don't hear anything political during a commentary on a, go- a, round, a round of a tournament. Yeah, man. Watching the
1: watching the match with uh, Tiger Woods and, and Peyton versus Phil and, and, and Brady, that was just nice because the only thing we heard that was like kind of triggering there was uh, uh, JT, Justin, Justin Thomas called Charles Barkley, a fat ass. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that was awesome. I was like, yeah, dude, this is what I'm in sports for. This is what I'm here for. But see, that's just, in my book, that was just banter. Yeah. That's not, you know, it wasn't like, hey, Charles, you're a fat old man. Like, it's just, it was banter and it was, it was, the match too was an escape. Yeah, dude. Especially with everything going on. It was like fun to watch. Give me live sports. Yeah. Please. We, I miss football. Yep. American football. I'm a huge soccer fan, as as you can tell in here. Yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, like they're starting back, and there's not going to be a crowd. It's going to be so weird watching soccer without a crowd. Yeah, dude, Bundesliga has been back in Germany, yeah. and they've been pumping crowd noise in, and it's crazy. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of that. So on your blog, I know we keep getting off subject, people, but Whoops. we're here to we're here to just talk. And like I said, maybe the mood of season two is going to be different. Who knows? But with your blog, when you sit down and start writing, do you have bullet points you go by or are you like, you know what, we're just gonna start typing in what flows flows. I get up, I drink my coffee,
1: and I think about it during breakfast. And I do uh, I do make bullet points. I do if I'm gonna blog, I, I'm like trying to turn out content as fast as possible, which is not good because I rush it. But I like to try to have like five articles that I'm gonna put out and I take that and if I'm going to write something that's informative, I've got to inform myself first before I go out here and look like a jackass. Mm. So I, I usually take it and uh, split it and spend, you know, 750 words. If I'm writing more than 750 words, 750 to 1,000. Everybody's got a short attention span now. That's why TikTok's so blown up. That's yeah. why Vine was huge. That's why everything's just so short. It's just snippets. Yeah. We're all ADHD. But
0: uh, hence us getting off topic as much as we <laughs> Two highly ADHD bearded men sitting here today. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Shout out the CBD, though. It, it keeps me grounded. Yeah. It keeps my head
1: right. Um, yeah, dude. I Just bullet points. Uh, read, think, write. You yeah. know, that's what I go into it as. But I don't try to get too technical with it. Um, And a lot of times, shout out James Phillips. He's something that I throw ideas off of. He'll read my blogs. And if I sound like a jackass, he's like, yeah, dude, that's dumb. You know, or, and he's like, or it sounds good, you know. More so good than me being a
0: jackass. I think. So he like proofreads your stuff?
1: Well, he's, or? he's done a few, like I did a WrestleMania blog and I was, yes. and James is real big on wrestling. I was like, James, how do you feel about this? He's like, dude, good read. And having the, the editor of the newspaper told me good read, I was like, all right, I got this. Yeah. And so, uh, it, it's, it's just nice to have people to bounce my ideas off of. It's nice to have people be like, yeah, dude, that's good. Or, oh dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And so a, a lot of thought goes into it. Um, just doing doing something fun because writing's fun writing is a lot like playing music it's a release it's an escape it gives me that opportunity to like step back and, and,
0: and zone out what was your mindset going into saying you know I kind of want I want to write well what and, made you decide like in college and everything it was the only thing I was good
1: at yeah. I sucked at math I hated science uh, <laughs> originally I was going to school uh, I, I was an English major when I went to UNA and so I actually in English. I have my mind in English, majored in communications. Um, it just was something that I enjoyed doing. Like writing has always been something that I've enjoyed doing. Um, just cause it's that it's another freedom of expression. It's a way to come out and it's taking things from my brain, putting it on paper, sculpting it in a way to where people enjoy it. Uh, and that's always been, I was really big in English lit. I was, I love reading. I've always been a big reader. Um, that's you know if I can if I can read about a subject, turn around, put it in my own words, and people read about it and enjoy about and
0: enjoy it, like that's awesome. That's yeah. what I'm there for. So you come in with the mind of research, taking research to putting it on paper. Uh you see that as much of an art as your music? A hundred percent, dude, for sure. Yeah. I do, for sure.
1: Because I mean, it's anything you do, man, you can't go in and just wing it. Like, you got to have some sort of, like, you got to have, like, like, even with the playing music, playing in the set, getting the mind right on the way to the gig, as far as writing goes, you, you got to sit down, you got to read.
0: You don't want to come in and sound like a jackass. That's bottom line. I don't want to sound stupid. So, writing and music, you're an artist all around. You think like an artist. You think critically. Yeah. And that's one of the things of being an artist because I'm a huge philosophy guy, that was one of the things I studied a lot in college as well. So critical thinking, it changes your approach to the way you do things all around, and it keeps your mind sharp too. Yeah, it, it keeps you,
1: it keeps you fresh, man. Anything like that. Uh, that's why, like I said, big reader, keep reading, always read. Um, just because you you graduate from college with a degree doesn't mean you can't keep learning. Yeah, and that's one thing that's incredible about life. Incredible about living here, dude always have the chance to better inform yourself and keep learning and i feel like the
0: day you that you quit learning you're doing yourself huge injustice yeah just like we talked about uh we're hip-hop fans yep that is a lot of critical thinking because you have to think about how to mesh the words and the rhymes still make sense Mm -hmm. you throw in a slant rhyme or two and the the entendres and everything Mm -hmm. it all it's all an art that takes critical thinking and that's why Musicians, I'm not gonna say musicians. That's why songwriters and lyricists, along with writers, are some of the most artistic, intellectual people. I think that are on this earth for sure. And we need more of that. Lil Wayne, dude, this is modern day Shakespeare. Uh, and I mean, that's <laughs> weird to say, dude, but like, honest to
1: God, like, just that whole. So the way I look at lyricists, man, is when you put music together and you have the beat and you have everything riding the way it does, that, like, lyrics are like another drum. It's another instrument. Yeah. The syncopation with the way it flows, the way it goes, everything sounds right. You it, you can't just come in and talk over a beat and it'd be a good song. Like you yeah.
0: gotta, it's got to mesh. Just like with, you can't go with a topic and just start writing, you have to plan out the words in a poetic fashion. Exactly. That's Me and Timmons talked about how, uh, where he tried to write songs. I've sat in writing rooms, I'm not a songwriter, but I've sat in writing rooms and People get so mad because they can't put it together artistically. Mm-hmm. They get mad because they, they feel it and they want to say it. They just can't figure out how at the time. So when you're songwriting, writing a song or writing an article, that writer's block is probably the most frustrating thing ever because you're like, I know how I feel. I know what I want to say, but it's hard as shit to
1: get out right now. Yeah, dude. It's uh, and, th- and that's one thing that kind of slowed me down on blogging is sitting down trying to write, you know, and you want to get a good response to anything you do, but just having the, keeping the energy, keeping that energy high, trying to turn out content that people enjoy, it can, you can get stymied, man. You can just, I mean, I imagine doing the podcast, you know, if you don't like pre-plan or put too much thought into it, it's all about effort, dude. You You're you're gonna get out what you put in.
0: That's why it's like I've tried keeping a diverse selection of like between music artists, business owners, chefs, whatever. Like I want to keep it diverse and keep them staggered to where it's like I'm not interviewing music musicians three times in a row because I feel like my questions are gonna get stale. Right. I need some time to think. Like you and I have talked a couple of times, like outside of here, but not like. We're not like bros. Like right? Yeah, yeah, best yeah. bros. We're bros, but we're not like best bros where we have beer. You're my beer. boy, Blue. We, we don't have beers every single day together. That but, can change. Uh, that can change. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, some people come in and it's like, I've never really talked to them outside of Messenger. Right. You're like, I don't know what the hell to say to them. Mm-hmm. It's my first time actually speaking to them in person. And I feel like it could get stale. So that's why I stagger with like people I really know, people I kind of know, who I don't really know. And it's, you want to keep it fresh, just same with your blogs, your mixes. Yep. Speaking of mixes, uh, I meant to ask this while we were talking about music, ADHD, but do you create your own mixes, like your own beats? Do you produce your own stuff sometimes? Dude, that
1: is the absolute hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And if I would have done more of my own production, I probably would be a little bit more successful. Because I've got my buddies in Tuscaloosa that do it, they're geniuses, like... Just I, I envy them so much to see them be able to sit down and and turn out music and it sound good, uh, dude. It's one
0: of the, it, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life. Really? I, yeah, I swear. When I worked uh, in a, a record company with uh, Ruben Studdard and Michael Warren, name drop.
1: Shout uh, <laughs> out Michael Warren.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know Mike, dude. Yeah. yeah, I love Mike, Michael. I hope I want him on the show one day too. But when I worked out there with them. One of the rappers that was on the label, I was, like, attached to his hip at all times. Right. And he went and opened up for this D- DJ group. This was, like, when EDM was kind of just, like, slowly starting to really pop. And they were called Blueprint. And they played a Zydeco one night. And that was, like, the some of the best locally produced sounding beats I'd ever heard. Yeah, man. And I was like, okay, EDM is the shit. but like yeah. that's that was that was what really got me started in Florence
1: was because nobody else was doing it, and I got on that. I was like, "Oh, dude, this is this this is the
0: wave. This is the next big thing." This was in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. So have you, uh, have you like released any of your produced beats?
1: I, I have not, man. I've not. I've been tinkering around. I in two thousand and twelve, I was living with my best friend of uh, my entire life. We had a house together in Florence. He was going to Northwest Shoals. I was going to UNA. I was in a fraternity. I just joined the fraternity. Um, and I had an entire EP. I had like five songs that I had made in Fruity Loops. And they were... I had a guy that was about to... I was putting them all on a uh, jump drive. going to send them to him. He was going to master them, get everything together. And uh, I was doing homework on my computer one night. And it crashed out. Same computer that I had all the whole EP on. Yeah. And so I lost that entire ep that we had put blood sweat and tears into for like a month and a half two months and it really just took the wind out of the cells man and ever since then every time i sit down to
0: try to make music i'm like man fuck this (laughs) dude when i learned like i've taken guitar lessons i've taken drum lessons my dad my brother and my mom all have some kind of musical talent when i tried taking all those kinds of lessons failed when I would get on free loops, and be like, oh, this is a decent beat. And then one of my buddies that freestyled, like, rapped a lot. He was like, they're okay. Yeah. And they're not great. And I right. Like, I don't have musical bone in my body, but, I, like, I have the ear for it. Like, I can tell you what shit and what's not shit. Right. But at the same time, I couldn't play it if you asked me to. <sighs> yeah. I, could, I couldn't I could do it. I got you. <laughs> so, it was like, my parents and my brother got blessed with the talents, but I got blessed with the ear, I guess. because Yeah, man. Like, I know good music when I hear it. And... I value my musical opinion. Oh, for sure. But, so, it's it's hard to create your own beats and your own tracks. Did you ever see an avenue to where you were like, you know, I kind of want to really, really learn it and dig into it and have my own, like, EDM, like, beats?
1: Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. It's, and I mean, I've got stuff saved on on a MacBook right now that I could probably spend, you know, a couple of days on and have an EP turned out. Yeah. But I, I don't really know that that's the direction I would like to go because I feel like I, I mean, I pride myself too much and getting on that stage and mixing those songs and taking other people's music and making my own mix. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I, I guess everybody's—you know—that's that's like copy and pasting when you're writing, it's like, nah, dude, it's it's taking it's taking sounds and blending them together. You know, there's an art in everything. Yeah, and there's a, absolutely an art and creating your own beats and stuff. And and, yeah. who, and who knows that that could be my next venture. Yeah. But uh, just really blending songs together, dude. That's what that's what gets me off. That's what I love doing. Like just transitioning, flowing,
0: keeping the vibe, riding the vibe. Yeah. What a lot of people don't understand about DJing, I learned uh, just from a few friends that also tinkered with it for a while. It was like you have to master that transition. You don't want to sound, you don't want it to sound clunky, right? Like it's like you're playing uh, Tupac, and you blend it into a Jay Z song. You don't want it to be like straight. It's not like you don't, you don't want to sound like you're hitting the skip button, exactly. It, that, I guess yeah, that's man. what I'm trying to say, or the fast forward into another beat. You want to blend. If I hear people out DJing and they
1: go from one song to the next, I have absolutely no problem calling them out. Yeah. I mean, because I've worked worked too hard to learn how to master that craft. Uh, And I know a bunch of my friends that have done it too. Uh, All of us have have sat down, all my DJ buddies like, dude, if you're not blending, if you're not going from track to track on tempo and keeping the vibe, and if my head skips a nod when you transition, I'm going to say something. Yeah. And I hate to be that guy. I sound like an old man. I'm out here, you know, because I've got these old DJ buddies who are like, oh man, you're out here, you're not even using vinyl. It's like, yeah, dude. I'm not going to tote in two big ass turntables and six crates of vinyl to yeah. come out here just to make you happy. It's like... Times but, are
0: different and easier.
1: It, but if you're going to brand yourself as a DJ, if you're going to brand yourself as this and that, like, get the craft. Yeah. You know, get get the get the craft. Don't just plug
0: in your playlist and just let it play. No, man. <laughs> That's, that shit ain't cool. No. So it's an it's an art. Uh Brian, aka Barry is an artist altogether with his writing, with his words. He's eloquently spoken with his DJing. Go check him out. If you ever if you're ever around Birmingham and he's at Tin Roof or if he's ever around and you've been using Jasper, definitely check him out. But we're gonna jump into the last shots real quick. All right. You fired up. I'm ready, dude. Okay. Oh man! Hey, no stress. If you if you lose, you get nothing. If you win, you got two glasses of bourbon while you're here. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was fun. I was here for that. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, man. All right, three, two, one. Favorite musical artist? Ooh, Outcast. Favorite DJ? Ooh, that's
1: tough, man. Uh, can I skip? Yeah. Okay. Dream venue? Ooh, good one. Hangout fest, Birmingham, and uh, and Gulf Shores. Top album of all time, best album of all time is Blood Sugar Sex
0: Magic by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Favorite restaurant Walker County.
1: Oh man, that's a good one. Lush Reyes, man. Shout out Caesar now. All
0: right, that's in the
1: last shots. Whew! You only skipped one. That, that was a dirty dude. Asking me to name my favorite DJ is like if you got kids asking like who's your favorite kid, man. I, my, <laughs> I guess favorite DJs that I've ever drawn on would be like of course uh, Funk Master Flex, Yes. Jazzy Jeff. Uh, Jazzy Jeff is probably one of the best to ever be behind turntables. Yeah. And he has, uh, he elevated the game, dude. And just like going back and, and watching uh, his Instagram shit that he does, like you can go back and see how he hypes the crowd, how he goes from song to song, doesn't the vibe, everybody's still, you know, head bobbing and shit. That is what I strive to be more so than a producer, you know. Yeah. Just, I want to see people jump,
0: but I need Will Smith to put me on a TV show first. <laughs> he, who knows? I mean, Carlton's a host of uh, most funny home videos. He <laughs> it's sky's the limit, <laughs> yeah. baby. Will Smith's making terrible movies with his son, so surely wow. he's he's looking out for something. And we're all here living. I am legend. shit's crazy. Yeah, but uh, tell us where everybody can find your socials, your blog, and hopefully your starting July, and uh, hopefully you, music schedule. Yeah, dude, you can check me out on
1: Instagram at Barry Bangers with a Z uh i'm on facebook also just look up barry bangers you can see my page like it i'll do some live streams uh yeah twitter and instagram barry bangers with a z uh and i mean hopefully i'll be back on stage rocking soon man i yeah. can't wait it's it's been an honor uh to be here it's been a pleasure dude i've enjoyed
0: this this has been the most fun thing i've done in like 80 something days so <laughs> i appreciate thanks it. thanks for getting me out of the house man for hey sure. we'll do it again but until next time folks open a jar pass it around Talk to somebody different than you, love your neighbor, and be safe. We'll see you next time on Pass the Jar. Thanks for tuning in to the Season 2 premiere.